Hey guys, it's Scott. It is Tuesday, August 17th, the day after the 45th anniversary of the supposed passing of Elvis Presley, which I celebrate. I used to go to Elvis Week all the time. I can talk about that in a second for no reason other than my own enjoyment. But before I do, I just wanted to say we have two books I'm really proud of out today. The first, Wildfire, Dark Spaces Wildfire, number two from IDW. It's me and Hayden Sherman co-creating Rhonda Pattinson on colors, Darren Bennett, longtime friend on letters. And it's the second of five issues. This is the super claustrophobic, intense heist story I'm really, really proud to be a part of. I hope you'll check it out. The first issue sold out, so don't sleep on this one. And Undiscovered Country 20 comes out. This is my favorite arc. I hope you'll take a look. It really ramps things up. This is a book that we we knew what we were doing when we started, but then so much of the world changed. We, we came up with it back in 2018. And then as we started working on it, we, we began it in 2019. Everything changed with the pandemic and the political and social turmoil. A lot of the things that were in the book as kind of core elements became much more tangible and real in the, in the world. So it took us a while, I think, as proud as I am of the last few arcs to decide how we wanted to reorganize the, the story so that it ended pretty much the way we had planned, but in a more resonant way and took us to a couple more cool places. So this is the beginning of that. I'm really, really excited to see what you guys think. So those two books are out. Big reminder, if you're a paid subscriber, class is next week, not this week. I'm taking my kids to Pennsylvania because they want to get out for the last week before school. And also we've had a big influx of new subscribers, which is fantastic. Tyler is working on an awesome trailer <laughs> to get even more people in. And I won't harp on it too much, but if you're a free subscriber and you have any interest in our class or the fast pass situation where you can come meet me at any con I am at before waiting on the line or sending your books in twice a year for me to sign for no cost other than shipping. Now is the best time in the world to sign up. Again, this is when the algorithm for Substack is switched. Everything is between you and me. The money that we get from subscriptions sustains the actual process. There's no more grant. So if you've ever wanted to give it a shot, give it a shot. Now we have a big discount on annual subscriptions. It's the same as when we first opened the doors to the whole thing. It's like 75 bucks, I think, for the whole year. So give it a shot, sign up, have fun with us. And yeah, let's rock out with it. But I want to give people a chance to just settle in before we do class next week. Next week will be endings. And what I want you to do, if you can, is think about a couple of the lessons we've done so far. If you want to go revisit them, the archive is there for you. Ty, you can put the link in. If you're a paid subscriber, you have access to all the classes we've done so far, all 11 of them, and discussions with everybody from Greg Capullo to James Tynan and so on. But Endings, the best quote I ever heard about endings was that they should feel both surprising and inevitable all at once. And I think the surprise comes from sort of the plot element, at least the beat right before the resolution. But the, essentially the ending itself comes from the, like the climax to the end is what I consider the ending, sort of the final twist or the kind of big revelation and the big final, the final battle to the end to me is the ending. So think about the plot versus emotional arc class we did in particular. Plot is where the ending is surprising. Emotion is where it winds up feeling inevitable, essentially. So those two sort of strains we'll be looking at in a couple stories. I'll use my work. I think, again, because asking people to read to the end of something is a lot. If you want to take a look at Court of Owls, that's one we've looked at before. It's easy. 
I'll talk to you a little bit about American Vampire. I can talk to you a little bit about some of the books we've finished already, like Ghoul or Clear, whatever you want. Tell me which ones. But another thing we can also talk movies. We'll talk things that you guys have been exposed to. But essentially, it'll be a really craft oriented class. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. It'll just be me, no guests. So hop on a week from today and let's do it. And for no reason, so Spirit Animal, like Elvis Presley, I want to just kind of explain to you for both as a writer, why I think it's great to have sort of inspirations outside your field. And also, I don't know, just because I think it's great to just talk personally once in a while and get outside of the whole matrix of buy this, buy that, subscribe to this, and also all that stuff. All right. So how did I fall in love with Elvis? Well, when I was in high school, I went to school in New York City and I went to a very preppy high school, very upper crust New York City sort of place. Socially, like I didn't feel like I fit in, wasn't interested in a lot of the stuff happening there. And so academically, I loved it. But my whole thing was like, I wanted to find something at that time that I liked that nobody else could possibly like. And I was like, who in New York City in this kind of environment would like Elvis and that stuff? Nobody. So first, I kind of got into it just to be rebellious. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I picked up the Sun Sessions. And it was this kid who was a teenager like my age with acne, who had no money going to school dressed already like a rock star, playing music nobody listened to and breaking all the rules and having the confidence, even though he was insecure, but the confidence of somebody who had already kind of become who he wanted to be. And that appealed to me deeply. And so did the music. I mean, the Sun Sessions is just out of control. Great, a fusion of country and rhythm and blues and gospel and all these things at once. And so that and Johnny Cash and Muddy Waters and all those guys, like I just fell in love with. And so there was a purity to that. And then as I got older, I realized like there was an Elvis for every, it's a whole culture back then. Now it's all sanitized. It's kind of like Disney where Elvis Presley Enterprises exists and they they changed it all. But back then you could go to Graceland and it was like all these weirdo vendors who sold Velvet Elvises and Elvis is an alien. And I would go to all the impersonator conventions there. I'd go to Elvis week and they'd have these impersonator conventions with Elvis or Selvis who was amazing, and Elvez, and Robert Washington, one of the great African-American Elvis impersonators, and uh, it's like people from around the world, and it was just a total zoo and party and circus of crazy fandom. And over the years, in the early 2000s, they created Elvis Presley Enterprises, and that came in and kind of sanitized it, bought up all the stores so that nothing could sell unlicensed stuff that was like Elvis is alive, Elvis is Bigfoot, none of that exists anymore, and now it's all kind of licensed and much more boring. But the point is, Over the years, for me, having somebody like a figure who was like a or is a spirit animal or something that you're like looking at for confidence and inspiration and to make you brave in a way and be like, I love that this person could create this thing or be this way when the odds were ridiculously against them. For me, it gave me that. It gives me that still. And I love that idea of that there's always a version of that person or that for where I am, there's like the crazy, fun, early 70s, wild, gun-toting Elvis. There's the 60s Hawaii Elvis, whatever it is. So anyway, that's my, I have two tattoos. I have a young Elvis on one shoulder, mature Elvis on the other I got later. But I would just say find people in pop culture, in literary culture, in comic culture that you can draw strength from. For me, this is mine and I my fandom helped me through a lot of weird times. And 
again, especially back in the day when you could find people that kind of loved what you loved for all kinds of crazy reasons, like whether it was impersonators who were in their 50s and just sort of overweight and connected because Elvis was sort of not unlike them at the end and you could wear a jumpsuit and get on stage or people that connected on a completely strange cosmic level where they believed he was the second alien or first alien embodiment of whatever, whatever. It was fun. It was fun to be a part of. So anyway, go find your own spirit animal where you can take mine too. But having something that you love and can immerse yourself in for inspiration and for strength at times is great. And yeah, I would say go check out Back in Memphis, <laughs> Elvis Back in Memphis, 69. Sun Sessions, That's the Way It Is, also a great album, 68 Comeback Special. Those are some of the touchstones. Anyway, all right, take care you guys and thanks.